1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated, and if you would, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 7. The beginning, really at the end of 2019, the Lord put it on my father's heart to do a series in 2020 dealing with what the Bible says about finances. We've been calling this series The Truth About Money, and praise God for it because when we started this series in 2020, we didn't know all that was ahead in 2020. And we have walked in the blessing and the provision of the Lord every step of the way. Our two launching scriptures in this series have been Matthew 6 and verse 21, where Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then verse 33, where he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The things that the world chases after. Clothes, food, provision, the necessities of life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We've learned in this series that if a man or woman is not right in how they handle money, then their heart is not right. How we handle money, how we handle our finances, it reveals our heart and our priorities. It goes beyond what someone says. And so you you can see someone's heart when you look at their budget. You, You can see someone's heart when you look at an account statement and see all that's going on. Our, our tax return reveals the heart. I gave the example a few weeks ago that when politicians, they make their tax returns public, and it's a politician that's for high taxes, or it's a, it's a politician that's for more of your hard-earned money going to this or going to that. It's amazing how when their tax return gets released, you find out things like they give less than 1% of their income away, some of them, sometimes even less than $1,000 in a year, whatever it is. See, how we handle money reveals the heart. And that's true for unbelievers, but it's also true for believers. And we've learned the purpose of us being blessed is so we can be a blessing. And Satan, he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a thief. He wants the body of Christ deceived about money and finances so we can't be a blessing. 
so we don't have the ability. Now today we're going to go to Hebrews 7, and today we're going to deal with how Jesus Christ is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And we won't be able to deal with it all today, so we'll deal with it today and next Sunday. Now, we just sang about this in the last song. In Christ Jesus, under the new covenant, our new covenant is a better covenant. Say better. It's better in every way. And that's why you don't see my father and I trying to practice the old covenant. I'm not going to grow my beard out like down to the floor. I'm not going to start wearing a, a Jewish shawl like a rabbi. You won't see my father and I Shabbatin or whatever it is. E.W. Kenyon once wrote, there's nothing sadder than a believer under the new covenant trying to practice the law. So we have a better covenant and it is founded upon better promises. And better means better. And we have a superior high priest. And as we sang about in the last song, I love it, all of God's promises. Every promise in the word of God, it is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Now, number one, Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, I know that's a mouthful. Amen. You're like, who's this Melchizedek guy? We're going to learn about him this Sunday and next Sunday. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is not a priest in the order of Aaron or Levi. He's not a priest in the order of Aaron or Levi. He is a priest forever in the lineage or order of Melchizedek. Now Aaron's priesthood, you go to the Old Testament, go to the Old Covenant. Aaron's priesthood, the Levitical priesthood it had to do with sin and it had to do with sinning but Melchizedek's priesthood had to do with winning Melchizedek's priesthood had to do with victory Aaron's priesthood revolved around sin but Christ's priesthood has to do with winning in every area of life and Jesus Christ's priesthood has to do with victory over sin I remember maybe a year ago, this would have been before the shutdown lockdown, I guess. After a Sunday morning, our family was at lunch. My parents were out of town, so we were eating lunch at a burger place with Jessica's family. And I remember we had finished eating. I had taken Samuel to the bathroom to wash his hands. Amen. No sticky fingers in the car. And we're walking back to our table, and it was obvious there was a young married couple there having lunch with a youth pastor, a pastor. And as Samuel and I were walking by, I was, I was horrified by what I heard. Because this, this minister said to this young couple, he said, well, we all sin every day. My sins are just different than your sin. And I, I just wanted to turn around and say, no. In Christ Jesus, you can have the victory over sin. And so you don't have to keep living in defeat or struggling with the same thing in 2021 you've been dealing with for the last 10 years. You can be set free by the power of God. And you can have the strength to overcome and to say no by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, he is a priest in the order of Melchizedek, 
which has to do with winning and victory, including victory over sin. And the Bible tells us, the New Testament tells us in Christ, our sins are not only washed away, but now we have power to overcome them. It changes everything. So you don't have to live a life of struggle. You don't have to live a life of defeat year after year after year after year. And we don't have to get together at lunch or therapy and talk about the struggle because we've got the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? And uh, 2021 is going to be a year of greater victories than 2020. Luke 3 tells us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was not born into the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe. No, she was born into Judah, the tribe of royalty. And Matthew 1 tells us that Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, was also not born into the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe. No, he was born into Judah, the tribe of royalty. So the reality is too many believers live as if Jesus is a priest in the order of Aaron and Levi. And their whole focus is on sin. The same sins they committed last year, they're committing this year. The same things they've been struggling with the last five years, they're still struggling with. And because of their sin focus, they don't get any traction. Not in faith, not in prayer. Because of their focus on sin, when they go to pray, as we learn in John, 1 John, their hearts condemn them. And then as we learn in 1 John and the book of Hebrews, when they stand before God and pray, they have no confidence before the Lord because of their focus on sin. And our focus shouldn't be on sin or sinning. Our focus should be on winning. Our focus should be on how can I, how can you do a better job of walking in the blessing and promises of God in 2021? And you, you might say, Austin, this sounds too good to be true. Because of what Jesus did, because of the blood that he shed, because we have the Holy Spirit with us, we can live in victory over sin. And our focus can then be on winning. Our focus can then be on doing what the Lord has called us to do. Our focus then can be on walking in victory with Christ. Hebrews 7 and verse 15 and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears. Verse 22, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Tell your neighbor, say better. Tell, tell your other neighbor, say better. Now, I know we've all gotten a car before, and they said it was better, and it wasn't. But, but God does not lie. In Christ Jesus, we have a better covenant. And it's better in every way. Verse 27, unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. And I'm reading right now in my Old Testament reading through Leviticus. And, I, and I'll be glad to get to the next book. Amen. Praise God. We, we are not bound to that system anymore in Christ Jesus. See, we can be free from sin. We can have victory over sin and focus on what God has called us to do. He sacrificed for their sins once for all. Jesus did what he did once for all when he offered himself. Then turn one chapter over to Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8 and verse 6. But the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs, referring to those under the old covenant, it is as superior to theirs 
as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one. And it is founded upon better promises. Say better. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, say better. Tell your other neighbor, say better. And I know, I went to school a long time. Guess what better means? Better. Better, superior, more wonderful, more awesome, more magnificent in every way imaginable. It means better. And as I said, as we sang about, Paul reminds us that all of his promises, every one of them, is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is a high priest, not in the order of Aaron or Levi. He is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And we know this from six references in the Bible. Look at Psalm 110 and verse 4. It'll also be on the screen. Psalm 110, 4, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 5 and verse 6, and he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Then verse 8, although he was a son, referring to Jesus, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and he did all of that on our behalf, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all. You know, the Bible says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, God wants all men, all men, all women, to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So he did what he did for all, now, now, this is awesome, and he, I would mark this, underline this, highlight this. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who do what? For all who live for the Lord haphazardly. For all who live for the Lord casually. For all who are in church on Christmas and Easter Sunday. For all who live for the Lord when there is an emergency or a crisis in their life. For all who do what? See, this is inescapable in the New Testament for all who obey him and was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Then turn over to Hebrews 6, verse 20. Jesus, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Back to chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 11. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. So there, there was a need for a better covenant. There was a need for a permanent and eternal solution to the sin problem. And we have it, amen? Verse 17, for it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So we have at least six Bible references that demonstrate Jesus is a high priest forever, not in the order of Aaron and Levi, but in the order of Melchizedek. Now, what is the order of Melchizedek all about? We need to know it because that is the position that Jesus has. He is a high priest forever in the order, not of Aaron, not of Levi, but in the order of Melchizedek. So what was Melchizedek's function? What was his function in the life of Abraham? Let's now go back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 14, beginning in verse 18. And I'll, I'll rehearse some of the story to you. Abraham initially traveled with his nephew Lot. But over time, there was so much blessing that their workers were fighting with each other's workers. There were too many flocks and herds, so they, they separated. 
And Abraham, being the gracious man of faith that he was, he let Lot, he let Lot his nephew, pick the better ground, the better land. Of course, as you know from the Bible, Lot chose to live outside of Sodom. And the problem with living outside of Sodom, the problem with a little bit of compromise is, guess what? There's more compromise on the horizon. And that he and his family would pay, pay the price for that. Of course, his daughters married men from Sodom. Later, when God determined to judge it, of course, their husbands did not want to go. And it's just bad news, bad news, bad news, trouble, trouble, trouble. And so that's a little bit of the backstory. And before the judgment of God came, there was a regional war or conflict, and Lot being there in Sodom, he and his family got taken as captives, as hostages. So praise God for Abraham coming to his rescue, amen? And so this is after that. Abraham has rescued his nephew Lot and his entire family. Abraham has the spoils of war from the victory. Look at Genesis 14, beginning in verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Now Salem was the ancient city that later became Jerusalem. Not everything in the Old Testament is a type or a foreshadowing of what's in the New, but many things are, and this is one of them. So this is Salem, which would later become the city we know as Jerusalem. Melchizedek is not just a priest, but he's a king. And praise God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he's not just our priest, he is our king. And he's coming back as a king. And we're going to rule and reign with him. Amen. So he's king of Salem, Melchizedek, king of Salem. And look at this. He brought out bread and wine. You know, this, uh, it moves my heart every time I read it. He brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he, he did what to Abraham? To Abram. His name had not yet been changed. He did what to Abraham? He blessed him. See, that, that's our job every Sunday and every Wednesday night, to bless you in the name of the Lord. That's why I love what John, the apostle of love, wrote in 3 John 2, the King James, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Our job is to bless you. I love what Robert Schuller used to say that people come to church not to get a load, not to get a burden, but to get a, a lift. Amen. Our, our job is to bless you in Jesus' name and to build up faith in your heart and confidence in God and confidence in his word in your heart. He blessed Abram. Say, tell your neighbor, say, he blessed Abraham. Tell your other neighbor, say, he blessed Abraham. Verse 19, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who delivered your enemies into your hand. So notice Melchizedek gave the credit for what happened to the Lord. Abraham did his part. Abraham took action. Abraham went to war. Abraham had 318 trained men. But notice, despite all of that, Melchizedek gives the credit to God. And it says then, Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Say everything. So Abraham tithed the victory on the victories, the spoils of war to Melchizedek. Now in the ancient societies, many times that was agrarian. And that's why in the Old Testament, they were to give a tithe 
a first fruits offering of all that they had, of all the increase. And in their times, it was often grain and fruit and other things, or some had livestock. And that's why when they had livestock, they were to bring a tithe. They were to put God first. They were to bring a tithe, the first fruit offering. It says it again and again and again and again in Leviticus, without blemish. The instructions of the Bible are so clear. And if you want to live a blessed life, you got to follow instructions. And so here, Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. And so this is where we get the word tithe. Tithe means tenth. And it is 10% of the increase. And I know that in our culture today, things are watered down. And there, there's great pressure to not teach on this. I have friends my age, one of them from a faith family, but, but he's given up what the Bible says about faith and tithing because of online criticism. Well, I have noticed that online critics don't pay the bills. I've never once got a note from an online critic that said, Austin, I want to be a blessing to you, and, and here's a couple hundred dollars to cover this month's TXU bill. Not for me personally, and certainly not for the church. And so if we head down the road of not talking about certain things to make people out there happy, well, that's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for the curse. That's the, a recipe for not walking in the blessing of the Lord. Abram gave him how much? A tenth of how much? Everything. Then Melchizedek pronounced or spoke. He declared the blessing. Say the blessing. He pronounced, he spoke, he, he declared the blessing over Abraham's life. So Abraham brought a tithe of the victory and the spoils of war to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek then pronounced the blessing over Abraham. Remember what Paul wrote in Galatians 3.14. Christ redeemed us in order that. Christ redeemed us, and here's the reason why. In order that the blessing, say the blessing, given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, as Jesus taught in John's gospel, as Paul teaches in Romans, because of what Jesus did, us Gentiles, that is everybody else outside the descendants of Abraham, us Gentiles, we have been grafted into the tree. We have been grafted into the family of God. And now we're a part of the family of God, which means also that we might walk in what? The blessing given to Abraham. This is why we were saved. This is why we were redeemed. Not just so that our sins could be washed away. Not just so that we could be born again. We were saved. We were redeemed so that we could be a part of the family of God. And being a part of the family means enjoying all the benefits and the privileges thereof. And the family of God is a family of blessing. The family of God, it is a family of blessing. Praise God, our Heavenly Father. He is wonderful. He's a blesser. He is generous. Amen? He's not stingy. He's not selfish. He does not withhold good. He is wonderful. He gives unto us the desires of our hearts. He hears us. He answers us. He blesses us. He, he increases us. He is wonderful. So Christ did what he did in order that the blessing, 
given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So this is why we were saved and redeemed. A priest serving in the lineage of Melchizedek would do what Melchizedek did in Abraham's life. And what was that? What is the order of Melchizedek all about? Melchizedek's function was to remind Abraham that God was his source and supply. His function was to remind Abraham that all the pra- no matter what victories there have been, all the praise, all the credit, all the glory goes to God. Not us, not our bright ideas, not our gifts and talents. I love what David said of what we give you. It all came from you. All that we have, all that we're giving, it comes from you. To just give God the credit for everything. And I know, I know, we're taking action. We're doing our part, amen. We're, we're being good stewards, but we still have to give all the credit to God. So his function was to remind Abraham that the victory, the victory belonged to the Lord. And his function was to also collect the tithe from Abraham. Abraham was walking in covenant with God. Abraham had the promises. He was living a life of faith and obedience. And Melchizedek's function was to collect the tithe from Abraham. Now think about this. How could we as Christians have a superior covenant with a superior high priest and superior promises, and yet the body of Christ gets inferior results? How can we as Christians have a superior covenant, a superior high priest, a superior promises, and all of that? Yet when we look with our eyes, Christians in America consistently get inferior results compared to Jewish people still living in, operating under the old covenant. And the answer is, go back to the book of James, people aren't doers of the word. They're not taking action on the word. They're not working the plan of God. The George Barna survey indicates that out of all the churchgoers in the United States, only 3%, say 3%, even claim, say claim. You know, I put scare quotes around that in my notes. Because, you know, you know some of them are lying. Even claim, only 3% even claim to tithe. And for evangelicals, the number is only 8%. Now, this isn't the only answer, but this is one major reason why the children of God don't walk in the blessings of God. I learned as a little child growing up in church that the first dollar out of every $10, it belongs to the Lord. It is not mine. And when I come to the house of God, I'm not giving it. I'm actually, in fact, bringing it. When $100 crosses my hands, $10, it belongs to the Lord. When $1,000 crosses my hands, $100 of that belongs to the Lord. It's his. It is not mine. It does not belong to Austin Lingerfeld. You might say, well, actually, it really does. Not if I want to walk in the blessing of the Lord. And see, what, what people do is they'll, they'll get online or they'll, they'll Google and they'll find some guy on Facebook that has church in his house by himself because even his wife and kids don't want to go to tell them that they don't have to do this. Well, you don't, if you don't want to walk in the blessing of the Lord. There was a young lady in the church, and she was dating a young man, and the, the course of dating, she found out that he doesn't give. Now, the, the, these aren't two 13-year-olds. That's a young man in his 20s. And when she asked him about it, he said, well, my mom gives for me. Uh, no, 
you know, Samuel's five, but he takes his own offering to fours and fives children's church. See, that, that's not a covenant man. That's not a young man that's going to walk in the blessing of Abraham. You know, when I, when I, I, I mean, my mom might have given for me when I was in diapers. But if a five-year-old can walk to children's church with their own offering, we as adults can do what the Bible says, amen? And this is what is required to walk in covenant with God. This is what is required to walk in the blessing of the Lord. And this is a major reason why so many of God's people are defeated or there's no blessing in their life. Year after year, there's no progress and there's no blessing. Year after year, they're defeated or sick or broke or in debt. The same prayer requests year after year. I'm interested in new testimonies every year. I'm interested in greater victories in 2021. And one of my favorite all-time songs is Look What the Lord Has Done. Our children love to listen to that in the car on the way to school. Look what the Lord has done. He is the God who does exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And if there is a limiter in our life, if there is something governing and holding back the blessings of God, the problem is never with God, it is with us. So this explains why many believers are defeated. And notice I said believers, because they may be believers, but they're not doers. They may be believers, but they're not action takers. And the only way to walk in the blessing of God is to be a doer, to take action and live by faith. Everyone wants the blessing, but how many are willing to go through the covenant to get to the blessing? How many are willing to do what's required to walk in the blessing? How many are willing to qualify themselves to receive the blessing? When you you go to borrow money, they want to know some information. Why? To find out if you're qualified. And a lot of Christian activity is people trying to circumvent the fact they're not qualified to have their prayer answered. See, what? go to Malachi 3. What must we do for the windows of heaven to be opened above our life? We've got to bring the tithe to the house of the Lord. Yet people don't want to do that. So what will they do instead? Long hours of prayer, fasting. I learned a long time ago, it's better to bring the tithe than to eat what I want. Amen. We got to be doers of the word. And when you're a doer of the word, you qualify yourself to receive and walk in the blessing. Many believers sing in full gospel churches, the blessings of Abraham are mine, but no one sings the tithing system of Abraham is mine. A lot of believers sing, I am a friend of God, but no one sings, I am a tithing man. I am a tithing man. And that's why I'm blessed. You're like, Austin, that would not be a popular song. They would not play that on Christian radio. And that's why I tell my wife, turn that off. And then I'd be saying, I am a tithing man. Amen. Number two, Jesus is the high priest of our tithe in the order of Melchizedek. He's the high priest of our tithe in the order of Melchizedek. And since there's just one historical reference to Melchizedek, it's impossible to mess this up. What is his order? His order, his function was to bless, to pronounce the blessing over Abraham. 
His function was to remind Abraham that all the victory goes to Almighty God. And his function was to collect the tithe from Abraham. Genesis 14, verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he did what? He blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Now, for this order to take place and to function, there have to be two things. You have to have a tithe. You have to have a priest. And the body of Christ in our nation has had the priest, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but they haven't been showing up with the tithe. Abraham received the blessing, and the blessing was pronounced over his life when he showed up with the tithe. For this to work, you have to have a priest and a tithe. The high priest is connected to God, and he has the ability to pronounce the blessing over your life. And the covenant man or woman has the ability and the choice to show up with the tithe. So for the blessing, you got to have both, the high priest and the covenant man or woman showing up with the tithe. That's how it worked for Abraham. He had Melchizedek, the priest, and Abraham, he showed up with the tithe. Melchizedek, the priest, received Abraham's tithe, and Melchizedek connected to Abraham. And he connected Abraham to God who has the power to make every promise come to pass. Abraham presented his tithe, and Melchizedek, the priest, blessed him who had the promises. And next Sunday, we'll see that when we do that, the lesser, that's you and me, we're blessed by the greater, that's Jesus Christ. And so when we look around with our eyeballs, and someone says, I've been serving the Lord 25 years, and there's no progress, there's no blessing, no victories, no testimonies, it's obvious, it's evident, you can see the fruit. The lesser is not being blessed by the greater. And why is that? They're not doing their part. They're not showing up with what God says belongs to him. So for the priesthood that is in the order of Melchizedek to work, for Christ's priesthood to work and to function in your life and to produce the blessing in your life, God has got to have some covenant people. And the problem is too many of God's people haven't been doers of the word. They haven't taken action on the word. Or when it comes to an area of their life like how we handle our finances, they have been disobedient and not obedient. They've either been disobedient with the tithe or maybe, maybe we could blame ignorance. They've been ignorant of the benefits of tithing. But for this to work, we as God's people, we've got to show up with what belongs to God. And you just got to get your mind around it. It is a bridge of faith. My father's most recent workbook is called Bridges of Faith. There, there are bridges of faith. And to walk with God, you've got to cross some bridges of faith. And one of them is tithing. That's why we, we teach our children young what the Bible says and what to do. I don't want to wait till they're 25 years old to explain it to them. After they've had all those years of bad habits formed. The tithe. Like many other things in the Word of God, it is a bridge of faith. You know, maybe a month ago, somebody handed me a stack of gift cards. Well, that, those were gift cards. It wasn't cash. It wasn't a check. But I still, I, I added up the value of those gift cards. And what do you think I did based on the value of those gift cards? I tithe. And somebody might say, Austin, that's crazy. That's radical. That's extreme. Well, this is part of why we walk in the blessing that we do. 
We've got to look to the Lord as our source. God's got to get all the credit. No credit should go to the king of Sodom. Abraham would go on to tell the king of Sodom, you'll never be able to say, you made Abram rich. The Lord maketh us rich. And he adds no trouble, no sorrow to it. So that's why if you know you get a little something from the government, you better tithe on that. But I wouldn't be excited about it. I wouldn't be rejoicing about it. I, I wouldn't be talking about it, amen. I wouldn't be anxiously waiting for news stories about what they may or may not do. They're borrowing money they don't have anyway. It's actually like your great-great-grandchildren sending you a check in the mail. And God wants to so bless you, you don't even get any help from the government or the king of Sodom. Abraham said, you will never be able to say that you made Abram rich. No, because it's the Lord. Say, it's the Lord. Lift your hands and say, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. who maketh us rich and blesses us so we can be a blessing with no trouble, no sorrow, no difficulty added to it. So we've got to do our part. We've got to do our part. Tell your neighbor, say, you have a part to play. Tell your other neighbor, say, you have a part to play. And our part, when it comes to our finances, is to show up with the tithe. That is the minimum starting point. And it is what it is. There's no point complaining. You know, if you go to Six Flags, it is what it is. If you go to Disney World, trust me, it is what it is. And when it comes to walking in the blessing of the Lord, it is what it is. And he's not told us anywhere in the word, well, you can change this or you can take it out because it's 2021 and people are so weak that this is no longer required of you. No, it is what it is. But I've learned, Malachi 3 says, test me in this. I have learned that if we'll do our part, God will more then make it up to us. He says, test me in this. He will open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you can't contain it. Amen? Amen. Number three, Jesus is the high priest of our tithe, and his priesthood is based on the power of an indestructible life. His priesthood is based on the power of an indestructible life. Hebrews 7:15. and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears. One, who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation, as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. See, when we do our part, when we obey the word, when we're doers of the word, when we, we bring our tithe to the house of the Lord, we are connecting to the power of an indestructible life. And that's why no matter what's going on in the world, it doesn't affect us. That's why no matter what's going on in the world, it doesn't hinder us, it doesn't hold us back, we walk in the blessing of the Lord wherever we are, whenever we are, doing whatever we are for the Lord in the midst of whatever is going on in the world because we're connected to the power of an indestructible life. Melchizedek was a type of Christ. Hebrews 7 and verse 2. First, Melchizedek, his name means king of righteousness. Then king of Salem means king of peace. So righteousness, peace, Without father or mother, 
without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. Why does the author of Hebrews say that? Because this Melchizedek guy, he shows up out of nowhere in the Old Testament because he was a type of foreshadow of Jesus Christ. Without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. So Melchizedek was a king. He was a king of Salem, which would become Jerusalem. He was a priest, and he was a priest of the tithe. And Jesus Christ is a high priest forever in the order, not of Aaron, not of Levi, but in the order of Melchizedek. So we've got to do our part. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to do our part. You got to do your part. Tell your other neighbor, say, you got to show up with the tithe. Tell your other neighbor, say, you got to show up with the tithe. Say to yourself, say, I have a part to play. Say, if I'll do my part, God will do his part. We have a part to play. Let's end going back to Genesis 14, verse 19. And he blessed. 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 See, in these days we're living in, there are not just a million distractions, there are a billion distractions. And these days we're living it. No matter what goes on, no matter what's in the news today or in the news tomorrow, we've, we've got to do what the author of Hebrews says, and we've got to live with our eyes focused on Jesus. And these days we're living in, we've got to walk by faith. We've got to walk in love. We've got to be salt and light in today's world. We've got to stand strong on the word of God. Amen. And if you'll do that, you'll live a blessed life. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered, who delivered, passed he delivered your enemies into your hands. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. This is how we connect to the power of an indestructible life. And this is how we walk in the blessing of the Lord. And friends, it saddens me, but this, this, this explains why. You have believers, and they, they love the Lord. You have even many believers, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But in this area of their life, they're not a doer of the word. And that explains why there are Christians, and they're not full gospel, but they're faithful. They're in church every Sunday. They're a tither. And you let five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years go by, there, there's blessing, and there, there's fruit. And then there's other people. They're, they're believers. They're having this vision. They're having that dream. They're, they're praying all night, whatever they're doing. But they're not walking in the blessing of the Lord. And why is that? Because they have not yet connected to the power of an indestructible life. We have to do our part. We have to show up with the tithe. And if we'll show up with the tithe, then our high priest which we'll get to next Sunday, who is Jesus Christ. He'll do as it says in the book of Hebrews, we the lesser will be blessed by the greater and we will be blessed indeed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. 
come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.